Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of Return to Tradition was brought to you by the Saint Maker Catholic Life Planner Toolkit, a resource using Catholic wisdom and modern science to help you achieve that sanctity God is calling you to. Thousands of Catholics are on the Saint Maker journey, and you can join them with a 90-day risk-free trial offer backed with a 100% refund guarantee. Go to www.thesaintmaker.com forward slash Return to Tradition to learn more and use promo code Return to Tradition to save 10%. Oftentimes, if you wait long enough, people who are secretly guilty of committing evil deeds will be exposed for those deeds if they have hypocritically come to the public defense of those who engage in or help defend evil themselves. One of Francis's highest ranking allies in the Roman Curia has been accused of engaging in wicked misdeeds of the flesh himself and has gotten the secular media worked up, as they always get with these kinds of stories. While I'm not saying he is himself actually guilty of what the secular authorities are saying, at this stage, let's not act surprised when those in the McCarrick Gregory Francis orbit find themselves with having people point the finger at them for wicked sins of the flesh. And there is something deeply ironic about this, because the cardinal in question was the man that Francis had respond to Vigano's initial letter, way back in 2018, on behalf of Francis, back when Francis adopted the policy of not saying a single word in response to Archbishop Vigano. The cardinal in question is Marc Ouellette of Canada, a man who at one time was thought to be a Benedict XVI-type cardinal who was thought to be Papa Bile and all the rest of it. As time went on in Francis's reign of hypermodernism, the truth about Cardinal Ouellette seems to have emerged, that he's a modernist just like Francis. But now the chickens have come home to roost for the cardinal. Various media outlets, both Catholic and secular, are reporting that a woman, yes, a woman, I guess there's at least that going on in his favor, has come out and said that Cardinal Ouellette tried to touch her in ways that weren't exactly welcome. The media are breathlessly using words synonymous with violence to describe the incidents, which, legally speaking, that's the right thing to do, I guess. And given that this is coming from Canada, involving a Canadian bishop, this is just more headaches for the church in Canada, especially considering that this is a new class action lawsuit filed in Canada in the past few days. From the MSN article on this, quote, A woman identified as F in court, documents tabled on Tuesday, accused Ouellette of several incidents of unwanted touching, including sliding his hand down her back and touching her backside at a 2010 event in Quebec City. That day, more than during previous meetings, F understood that she must flee Cardinal Mark Ouellette. The uneasiness she felt was more present than ever, the lawsuit said, end quote. These incidents, if we want to call them that, happened with this person during a time frame of 2008 to 2010 and involved another priest in addition to Cardinal Ouellette. Got a lot of questions here, but I'm not going to ask most of them in this video since they're the usual questions people have about old incidents that then come to light when pol politically expedient. Instead, I do have to ask who in the hierarchy knew about this alleged behavior, if the allegations are true. Remember, big if here, folks, even if we don't personally like Mark Ouellette. 
then there's a problem. People who do these kinds of things don't typically do it only once if they get away with it. There's always a pattern of behavior. And as someone who works in the Roman Curia, the Vatican can easily find out if there's more to this than a single case in Canada, since the Vatican has always employed many scores of lay employees in the modern era. If there's one authentic case, then there's probably going to be more than one, given how long ago this one is alleged to have happened. The MSN article quotes the lawyer leading the case as saying that it is inevitable that more cases will come forward in Canada, which if, it, if it's true, then it's almost certainly true. And actually, either way, it's probably true, regardless of the veracity of the accusation. The ground is fertile in Canada for moves by the secular world against the church to humiliate the church publicly, partially because of Francis himself. The incident is described in official documents in the following way for the most part. I'm going to soften some language here, though, just because the sensibilities of the audience and the platform. Mostly quoting the MSN article. Quote, Following a dinner at the Sisters of Charity in Beauport, Quebec, in August 2008, the Cardinal allegedly massaged F's shoulders and stroked her back in a conference room, according to the lawsuit. F remained frozen in the face of this intrusion and didn't know how to react, the lawsuit said. In November of that year, the Cardinal allegedly kissed her cheek and hugged her, quote, with familiarity, even though they had only seen each other once or twice before, and held her firmly against him, caressing her back with his hands, ending the mini-quote. In 2010, during an ordination ceremony for a colleague, Wheelett allegedly told F that it was the second time they had seen each other in one week, and that he could kiss and hug her again because, again quoting the document, there is no harm in spoiling yourself a little. Wow. The cardinal then allegedly kissed her cheek, hugged her, and slid his hand along F's back to her backside. When she tried to speak out about the cardinal's alleged actions, F was told that Willette was quote-unquote very friendly, and that she wasn't the only woman to have that kind of quote-unquote problem with him, according to the court documents. End quote. That last part here is key, folks. According to the court documents, the plaintiff isn't the only one to have this problem with the cardinal by his own admission, if the quote's true. The plaintiff sent a letter to Francis to try to bring this to his attention. Whether it ever got to him is unknown, given that the mail in Rome is often filtered before it ever reaches the desk of the man the world thinks is Pope. And we have plenty of cases of this preceding Francis. But to give you an idea of how important Cardinal Willette is in Rome, the MSN article really makes his level of influence clear, and I think it's kind of an insidious thing they're doing here. Quote, Willette in 2013 was considered a front-runner for the papacy, following the resignation of Pope Benedict XVI. At the time, Italian media reported that Willette tied with the Italian Cardinal Angelo Scola in early tallies at the Sistine Chapel with Jorge Bergoglio, who eventually became Pope Francis, coming in third. Willette reportedly convinced his fellow cardinals to throw their support behind Bergoglio. End quote. And that is why nothing came from Francis allegedly receiving a letter about Cardinal Ouellette, you know, if he actually got one. Late on Thursday, Francis, in his infinite mercy and wisdom, decided to be merciful to his friend and benefactor, Cardinal Mark Ouellette. He said publicly that there will be no investigation into Cardinal Mark Ouellette, that there was nothing compelling in the testimony of the woman who pointed the finger at him. There will be no investigation into Cardinal Mark Willett's behavior at all. A chief investigator, a Jesuit priest, had already looked into the case. It's worth noting here that the Jesuit priest in question made his announcement 
maybe 24 hours after the news initially broke. He must work very quickly. I'm impressed. I've got, I have a lot of investigative stories. I'd love him to cover for me then because he is very top notch if he can get answers that quickly. So I got to ask, what is more likely here? Do you really think that there is nothing worth looking into here or that the Jesuit is just sweeping these things under the rug for Francis? So I know what I think. I think they're just sweeping this under the rug, but it gets better because Mark. We let Cardinal Willet is the Vatican's chief investigator into these kinds of cases himself. Now, well, he couldn't obviously look into his own case because nobody would accept that. Under normal circumstances, Cardinal Willet is the chief investigator for these accusations when they hit a priest or a bishop anywhere in the church. And that begs a lot of questions. And <laughs> Personally, this is all becoming way too convenient for my taste. And even better, when you look on social media, you see a lot of Catholics just smiling and nodding and accepting this. Oh, okay, Francis says there's nothing worth looking into, so it must be true. I have to ask, was Cardinal Willette's job, and is it still his job, to selectively enforce these rules for the church? Look, we know what would happen if a priest of, say, the FSSP was had someone point the finger at him for this kind of thing. Mark Willette would come down like the wrath of Francis on the person. You would expect that. But here we have, on behalf of the man, nothing happening whatsoever. I don't know if he did anything or not, but a canonical investigation is probably something that's warranted. And the chief investigator in 24 hours, maybe a little bit more, but hardly enough time to look into this, said there was nothing to go on. This really isn't the first time Francis will have remained silent in the face of this kind of behavior. The case of Bishop Gustavo Zanqueta is now rather infamous. He was an Argentinian prelate who got a post in Rome just in time to avoid Ted McCarrick-type allegations against him. You know, formal allegations, at least for a while at any rate. The chickens came home to roost a long time ago on that. He's not the first example of this either just the most well-known after Ted McCarrick himself, which brings me to Archbishop Vigano. Back in 2018, Vigano blew the lid off of the McCarrick story in his famous letter to the public about McCarrick and Francis. Cardinal Ouellette responded to Vigano, calling the charges against Francis made by Vigano unfounded, going so far as to say that Vigano's allegations were unfounded. From an article in Catholic News Agency in 2018, we get this, quote, the Vatican's prefect for the Congregation for Bishops released a letter Sunday morning refuting charges Pope Francis lifted sanctions against former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, saying that charges made by a former Vatican ambassador are a quote-unquote unjustified attack on the Pope and quote-unquote cannot come from the Spirit of God. Your current position seems to me incomprehensible and extremely reprehensible, not only because of the confusion that sows in the people of God, but because your public accusations seriously damage the reputation of the successors of the apostles, wrote Cardinal Mark Ouellette in an October 7th letter addressed to Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. Quoting him again, I f tell you frankly that to accuse Pope Francis of having covered with full knowledge of the facts of this alleged monster, and therefore of being an accomplice of the corruption that is spreading in the church, to the point of considering him unworthy of continuing his reform, 
as the first pastor of the church is incredible and unlikely from all points of view, we let added. End quote. My, how the chickens have come home to roost. I do hope for Cardinal Mark Ouellette's sake and for the sake of the church in Canada and the church in general, that what is being said about Cardinal Ouellette isn't true, that this is all just more nonsense from the enemies of the church in the secular world, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was true all the same. But at least it involves an adult woman instead of what we usually hear about. At least it's not rising to the level of Ted McCarrick and Bishop Gustavo Zancada and countless priests like them, right? Sorry if I sound a bit jaded by this. It's just that nothing involving these and these kinds of priests in Francis's orbit surprises me in the slightest anymore. Francis has a track record of keeping men like these near him, probably because it makes it easy to get them to do what he wants them to do without fear of betrayal. So far, Vigano hasn't responded to this news yet, but don't be surprised if he does. And if he does, I'll probably have to put the letter on the, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and that side of the Return to Tradition world due to the content of the letter. So watch for an announcement of that being made here. But I'm curious what you think about all this. Is anything involving Cardinal Ouellette that surprising to you? Is this likely just an attempt to take advantage of the bad press the church has been getting in Canada recently? Do you think this is even true? And has Vigano been vindicated four years later? Let me know in the comments. Please like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And share this on social media if you can. That really helps as well. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.